ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of your favorite football podcast, your footy fantasy podcast. We're here this evening to review another weekend of good football. We're focusing on the big game this weekend, Arsenal versus Man United. It's usually supposed to be a big game. The two teams are not doing so well now. They haven't done so well in recent times, to be honest, but their fans will not tell you they're small teams. As a matter of fact, they're the biggest clubs to their respective fans. Um, unfortunately, I have to do this. I am my other fan, and I'm stuck between two Arsenal fans, and um, you can see from the smiles on their faces that they are very, very glad to be here. And so without further ado, I'll get into it. I have with me here, Henry. Welcome Thank back to the fine. show. Thank you. Thanks have... for having me back. <laughs> I know you will be definitely glad. I'm sure Justice is also glad to be back here. Welcome, Justice. Thanks. Certainly a good time to be back. I know. I know. I can see that smile on your face. Please close your teeth. Um, as usual, if you're uh, a regular listener or fan of this podcast, you know we are on every place you find podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you find your podcast, just go look for Footy Fantasy Podcast. You will find us. That's F-O-O-T-I-E Fantasy. We're also on social media, same Footy Fantasy on Facebook. However, on YouTube, I'm sorry, on Twitter, it is Footy AD. That is Alpha Delta, Footy AD Fantasy on YouTube. We make this on video, we'll put it on YouTube, and then we'll make the audio and put it on podcast. You can also find us on, like I said, Facebook and anywhere else you find your podcast. I want your reviews and I want your feedback, please. It makes me feel better when I know people are listening. Good or bad, doesn't matter. I want to hear it, please. So, guys, we're getting to it. I'm going to start with Justice. Justice has, hasn't stopped smiling since he came in here. So, please, Justice, let's get what's, up, what's on your mind now, please, so I can stop seeing your teeth. <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing you're asking how, how what I thought of the game. Um, please, please. So from from a result standpoint, as an Arsenal fan, it was you know very good result. We uh, we badly needed a win after two straight uh, league losses. Um, broken the dock of non away wins against top six in in bazillion games. Uh, I, you know, I lost track of how many games it's been. Um, so um, and you know. You, Winning at Old Trafford is always always a good thing. So, uh, results um, very good game for us. On on the game itself, um, it wasn't the fireworks I think every everyone was expecting. It was a fairly cagey game throughout. Um, I, but I think overall, from the balance of play, I, I think Arsenal were were slightly better. Um, I think that the way the game went, we kind of expected what Arsenal would do, right? Keep the structure. Um, um, try to retain possession, uh, then break quickly when you had space to do it. Didn't really quite, didn't quite have that space. Um, expected Manu to uh, also do the same. You know, as nice as you win the ball, try to hit Rashford or Greenwood quickly, and you know, progress ball. Well. They just didn't seem to do that. So it was an odd game uh, from that from that perspective. Um, but you know, um, Arsenal possession tend to break tend to break down in the final third a few times. Um, so they had possession, but didn't, didn't do overall too much with it. But I, I think overall um, they were the slightly better team, and I, I think uh, deserved the result. So uh, good game. All right, that's good. Yeah. Uh, 
not much to argue with there. I'd probably say Henry would be of the same mind, but Henry, let's hear what you think, because I know you might have one or two different thoughts on that. No, I actually agree with him for the most part, but I guess the only place I I would say is that I kind of felt, you know, I, I guess the last couple of games, you know, these two teams have had against each other has been like, you know, really, really intense and, um, you know, with a lot of goals, with a lot of like, you know, in-game switches going on. We didn't really get a lot. Well, maybe we got a little bit of that towards the end of the game, but I expected more from both sides from the game because I felt like, you know, Arsenal lost last week, so they needed a performance this week. Uh, Manchester United won 5-0 in midweek, so I was expecting that they were going to pick up from where they left off. Um, so so go, going, going with that, I, I was uh, underwhelmed. Um, for, from, from an Arsenal perspective, and an Arsenal fan perspective, I saw a lot of good things for us to be optimistic about. Um, performance of Pate, performance of our defense, because there was a point in time when I was like, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a matter of time. We're going to concede the goal. And, and it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, from, from a Manchester United point of view, I was, you know, I, I just felt like something kept, you know, was missing an attack. And, you know, that transition from midfield to attack, because I've seen Bruno for the past three, four games perform like miracles. Like there's some games where, mind you, look completely out of it, and Bruno comes up with like some magical touches or some magical pass. And within the space of two, five minutes, everything changes for Manchester United. So I, I was just waiting for that to happen, you know, so... It didn't happen, and Arsenal sort of, like, escaped. Arsenal had about, I think, you know, compared to Manu, 20 tackles. Um, Clarence's too, Arsenal had about 25 compared to Manu's 12. So that tells you, that midfield, Arsenal put it work today. Um, shout out to El Nani, shout out to Pate. Um, so overall, um, I think a lot of good things for Arsenal to, you know, take to the next games, and Manu just has to go back to the drawing board. Maybe... Maybe they just have to look for a way to fit in Van der Beek to start along with Bruno. I don't know how that will work, but maybe that might be what helps them going forward. Henry, just just follow up on, on the point you made. Um, I, I didn't really think about that. Um, you said that you were expecting at some point to make a mistake and consider a goal. Um, so, when you look at the team that started today and look at the last few seasons, the biggest culprits for goals, Kolasinac, Mustafi, Xhaka, and David Luiz, all four players are not there today. So <laughs> if, this is, if it's, a, if it's a, um, a template going forward, I don't think Arsenal fans will be, will, will be complaining at all. I mean, Luiz has had some good games, but you know, you know he's bound to do something silly at any point. So um, that, that, I, I felt like today the team was in control at every point. Yes. You're playing a big team, so you're gonna give up chances here and there. But I don't think at any point they were, they, they lost control of that match, or you had that. Oh, you know, you you know, someone did something silly that could have that could have led to a goal. So I'm good. Smiling. I'm smiling because at least I found something I can disagree with. Wow, at last. But uh, on on average, I agree with both of you. Yeah, I saw we a better team on over the the play, and um, they did. It where it was most important. The midfield battle was very important in this game um, because of the way the teams were set up. And Arsenal won there. Like you were mentioning the, the tackles, the clearances, the blocks. I think what happened was Arsenal had to do that because United were in the middle. The, the whole midfield were four central midfielders. 
you know, Matomine, Fred, Bruno, and Paul. There are enough guys that were going to drift out wide. And so that meant that every time they had the ball, United had the ball, they had an extra player at midfield. So the Arsenal players had to walk extra and they had to put in tackles. And they were on point. They actually were very much on point in the center. But I will have to agree when you say Arsenal control the game in every point of the game. I have to disagree. I would say Arsenal control the game by pressing United. But they did not control the game by creating chances. They did not control the game in the final third. And why I find that out was the key to this game, which was weird, was the ship. There was that ship that where Elneny, uh, not, not sorry, not not Elneny, um, Willian and uh, Aubameyang shifted inside, narrowed the the front three for Arsenal, forcing the United fullbacks to shift inside as well. So United now had four against three at the back. But Arsenal had the ability to go out wide with Saka and Bellerin. And so they had so much time out wide. They had so much space. As a matter of fact, every time Arsenal was looking for an out ball, it was Saka or what's his name? Tieni. Because Tieni now also overlapped and was just sitting down there. It was like, dude, you're supposed to be playing center back. But he was literally sleeping on the left back spot. Actually, left wing back slash left winger for a point. And Bellerin was shifting back and forth, but he was running, you know, a lot. He was controlling that line. It wasn't the case of him being a lot inside. Most of the time, it was outside. But it gave United momentum in the middle because United had more players. The problem was United was poor with the ball. They, Bruno was terrible. Bola wasn't, we can look at the penalty, but I would take that as, a mistake in isolation because I think Bruno was was at Boba today. He gave away a lot of balls, but so did Boba. But Boba at least was fighting for the balls. Partey versus Boba was a very interesting part of that game. It sums up what I saw, which was there was a part, point in the second half where United were stepping up, and Boba actually you know pushed the game and went into Partey. I was like, dude, I like this battle. Let's do it. And Partey was like, okay, dude, let's do it. You take the ball from me, I take it back, and I take it back, and then they were doing it. But I think um, Partey came out on top because, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Gave away the penalty. But I think United's refusal to adjust to Arsenal shifting the ball out while pick was a big issue. The midfielders should have run out wide. But in terms of controlling the game, I have to disagree because Arsenal had what I call impotent possession. You're not going to control the game if you're not forcing your opponent. Let me jump in and, and clarify my, my comment, mm -hmm. right? So I agree with you. I mean, the control did not lead to um, goal-scoring chances, or but that's not what I meant by... I mean, the, responding to, to Henry's uh, uh, comment was around... even So when I mean control, defensively, they were always in position. They were always in shape. They did not, at no point, it felt like they had broken down. So even when they didn't have the ball and United had the ball and were attacking, they were in control of their shape defensively. That's kind of what I meant. They, yeah, they, they, they went me. one time. They, yeah, yeah the one time they broke down was when Tierney went for a header that he missed and, and Rashford got the ball. Beyond, well, beyond that, I don't think at any point they were out of shape. They looked like they were going to make mistakes. The Greenwood um, chance, the Greenwood chance, they had 
Same Correct. Yeah, and, and you know, so so that that's what I expected United to do more, right? Yeah. Get the ball and and try to hit quickly, and that's I think that's the only time they actually did it the, the whole game. Um, and, and in terms of in terms of midfield, um, I think what you saw really, you're right that United really had more numbers in midfield, but Astor were able to battle them with one less player because yeah. Pate and Elneny were physical, won the ball, and actually were able to progress the ball um, and basically counter the numbers United had. And that effectively allowed Arsenal to play 4-4-2. So that's really what, that's why Aubameyang was inside and, and, and Saka out and Tierney was basically playing as a left back. He barely played as a left center back today. Yeah, I think uh, what happened was, um, you know, football, you know, like, I don't know about Henry because, uh, you know, I've not met you personally, but I know where Justice plays. And momentum happens a lot. When you're playing, there's a time in the game you feel, oh, I'm taking care of this guy. I don't have to worry so much about him. I can push forward. And I think that's what happened with Arsenal later on when, for example, Tierney wasn't so much bothered about coming back. Because I point to Bruno Fernandes because that Greenwood chance was supposed to be usual. United players, were so, their forwards, the plan was get them the ball quick. They were either going to be running at the Arsenal back, and the Arsenal back were not really comfortable when United turned on them. But there were not that much opportunity for this to happen. It only happened like two or three times. Or the guy gets the ball with the defender closing up behind him, and he turns on the defender, which was what happened when Rashford turned on um, Gabriel and cut him out. And then the same thing happened when Green would cut out Gabriel once. But then you would have expected United to be looking more balls over the back. Or, of course, the main man who is supposed to get the ball on the turn was Bruno. Get the ball on the turn and whip a good pass. Bruno was, oh, like, dude, you know, it was very hard to explain what happened with him. But him not being in the game killed a lot of plans United had going forward. But don't get me wrong, I am not trying to downplay Arsenal's performance because I'm a United fan. No, Arsenal had a good game. Arsenal played very well. I want to actually say that with all respect because it is an, a win at Old Trafford. It is a win against a United team that were coming to this game with top form. That is very important to know. Or, I'm sorry, top form in quote because you could say that that performance at the you know, midweek in the Champions League was really great. So why I mentioned that was, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to, you know, be a South Coast and Arsenal. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. What I was just trying to point out was Arsenal, for the amount of possession, for the amount of freedom Saka and Bellerin and Tierney found out the ways, should have, look, they here had only one save. Even if you tell the penalty was a penalty, but he didn't have a save to make, apart from one shot from... 35 years yeah, and, and, and that's 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 fair because I mean that's Eddie will tell you that's that the the creativity in the final third third has been Arsenal's biggest problem. Um, but you don't fix a team um, overnight. That's right. So addressing the issues in in phases, right? They've addressed the defense to some degree with uh, with Gabriel, who's been massive since since he came in. Tierney is finally fit, so he's there holding his back from injury. So you can see uh, um, um, uh, fixes there. Thomas Pate, I mean, he was phenomenal today. And now, so, and having him in the lineup in the middle 
means you're not overcompensating for a Luis that can play in the back four or Xhaka that's a liability defensively. It means you can actually set up a structure to, to you know, a, a, good front, a good base to build from. The missing thing now is a creative midfielder. I mean, since Cazola left, I don't think we we fully, fully fully replaced him. I mean, Ozil's supposed to be the guy, but we know there are you know there there are issues that we're, we're not going to get into here. Uh, they, they try to sign OR in, in the summer, so I think hopefully in January we're able to address that. But until that happens, that's going to be an issue, and you're just going to have to figure out ways around it. And I think what they've tried to do is create create from from wide uh, from wide spaces with the fullbacks and you know and Pepe or William or Saka crossing the ball in. The crosses went great today, or United just had enough uh, defenders in, in the in the box to to uh, to cut them out. So chances, real goal scoring chances were created. But I think what we see is a good base, a good template that you can you can build off of. And I agree with you. I I think Arsenal has a good base defensively, especially with the first team. Um, there might be a problem with that, but the midfield is solid. The uh, Goalkeeper, the defense looks solid. Um, I'm going to move on to man of the match, and I want you, Henry, to jump in now and give me your man of the match. Uh, you know, I, I know you might have a few candidates, but you can only pick one. So, crazy, yeah, my man. You can only pick one. So, <laughs> yeah, my man, my man of the match um, that stood out to me the most today was Partey. Uh, as I said, it was between. Um, three three players um, between El Nene because El Nene surprised me today. I, I mean, it, I'm not even gonna lie. At the beginning of the starting lineup, I saw his name and I was like, oh, wow, you know. But he was up there today. You know, him, Partey, and Gabriel, even the fullbacks did great. Tierney once again looks like a proper proper defender. Like I think when people are gonna discover how good Tierney is, it's gonna be too late. He's gonna be like miles to make all those other like left backs look like ordinary um, because of the way he goes about his business. But I think Pate was the one that did it for me today, um, all because he was able to sort of like dictate the pace of the game, but not in your traditional sense, right? He knew when to sort of go for tackles. He knew when to just position himself the right way to prevent a pass from coming to someone who could be in a, in a more dangerous position. Um, and he also from that base, there were some passes that he dictated the attack. Um, and as I said, you know, for now, we, we're we just discovering how to use him. Eventually, we're going to know how to use him effectively. Um, I know it's not great to compare players, but with what I saw from him today, I, I, I saw something, you know, from a Manu perspective, I, I, you can appreciate someone who has attributes like Nicky Butt. Right, um, where statistically you don't see his name pop up anywhere, but he's doing the damage in that midfield, right? And then you could also see a little bit of like a sprinkle of Vieira with the passes, with the you know with the passes over, trying to literally cut out the midfield and set it off to that pass right away, like once. Yeah, he, he, kept, he kept going. Yeah, it was there. That pass was there. All game was there. Yeah. He kept going there. He kept going. And it's something we need now, right? So. You know, as 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 Justice said, we don't need to go to the Ozil. But I even feel like the, the irony of the situation is now that you have someone like a party or even an Elneny that can play together, it's now that you actually might 
you have players that might be able to cover up for the lack of defense of Ozil and let him focus on that creative part. Yeah, really. But now we didn't now we didn't even include him in our squad. So God bless God bless Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Justice, who was your man of the match? Because that was very emphatic. He, he he just went straight to the point and so you know, I I, I completely agree. I agree with Henry. Um, Pate was 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 phenomenal. It was it was uh, he controlled the game uh, defensively and 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 also the the uh, pace of, of of the attack as well. And, and I think because of him and El- and Eddie was a, was a close second for me. But because of the two of them, they were able to counter the the extra number of men you had in, in midfield and. And they really, they basically dissected the diamond in the in the first half, or whatever might he was playing in that first half. They they and they didn't resort to sideways passing, right? Once they had the ball, um, I, I think it's a it's also a factor of Bruno and Palmer really not being good defensively. They were easily able to just break that line and progress the ball forward. Um, the interceptions he made, I mean, I, I can imagine Xhaka being the same. I, I don't want this to be a, a pile on Xhaka, but it just it's the reality is. He's very limited defensively, right? So you could see a few times when you had the ball, he was able to just easily intercept the ball. I mean, I think in the past, that would be a mad sliding challenge by Xhaka and a yellow card or cross the penalty. So um, Xhaka, uh, so uh, Pate for me was, was man of the match. Uh, and Nani and, and Gabriel are close seconds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pate. This is a bad day, man. This is not really a good day. You wake up in the morning, you watch a football game that sucks. You get on this podcast and you're forced to agree with two Arsenal fans. Mm. <laughs> but sometimes we get those days. And yeah, I, I have to agree. So, And the funny thing about a unanimous uh, man of the match, it hardly comes because, one, nobody's got a hat-trick because that is easy when it happens. But this was one way you could go, yeah, there's a man of the match here because... I would have said that the guy, the guy that had opportunity to be man of the match would have been Bellerin or Saka, but more especially Bellerin. But his final ball was what killed him. Um, you can make an excuse for him and go, oh, United, whenever he passed, had a pass on, or whenever the ball, or ball was on in the box, there was always an extra United player marking because, of course, United players had four against three in the box or four against three around the Arsenal forward line. But if you have so much space, you should be able to create better balls. He, he, he created a few dangerous balls, but he can make it dangerous for him. But, you know, I wouldn't give him above any other person midfield because he didn't make the best of what he had. Um, Elneny was good. Saka was good. The midfielders were very good. The forward line passed now, well, they were not there. Uh, this guy scored a goal, but it was a penalty. So, forward line were not there. The defenders were good, but when two of your three centre-backs have a yellow card, they cannot really also be... I mean, they didn't make any last-minute um, or last-ditch tackles. They did well, but Pate really had a presence in that game. The time when United stepped up... the that ball, there was a ball that Boba robbed from him that he won back. The ball was about to score. It was about to take his shot. And if that ball had gone in, you know, Asan were not coming back. We're not stopping United because United had momentum there. So he he kind of, um, in a way, kept United at bay. But United were toothless um, because of they couldn't turn and 
Elneny and um, Pate were strong. However, I have to give praise to one United player because I remember there's something very, very important here, which was if this game had ended at 0 0, which you could have easily become, I would have had a different man of the match. That would have been Lindelof. Victor Lindelof had an immense game where you're getting like three goal saving tackles that were not really tackles, you know, like little nicks, but just being there. Aubameyang had a shot he could have, he could have hit. This guy put, nicked it on time. Lacazette. Um, the air ball from Lacazette. Lacazette. It was Lindelof. Yeah. It was Lindelof. There was a shot that Aubameyang took. He was trying to use Lindelof to shield, block um, the years. If you say, call around Lindelof. Lindelof was like, before well, nicked off Lindelof's back. The replay showed that. No, the referee didn't see that it was a goal kick. But that was really, the guy was really everywhere. And he was the one guy you would think would be being pulled out of his place all the time. Would, but he was, he made up, and there was even a tackle he made by just being there at the right time when uh, Aubameyang was trying to fit the ball to Saka running, a back flick, and he, he, you know, so he had a good game. Um, Gabriel had a good game too, but I think he should have been sent off. He had a yellow card. It would have been a, an unlucky sending off, but it would have been legal. So that was why I wouldn't raise him so high. He did well. He didn't make too many mistakes, but if the ref had punished his mistakes, he would have been out. But on the balance of that, I, I think it would have been an unfair and unjust red card in, in the scheme of, you know, of faith, not of the, in the scheme of the law, because it's legally, it should have been gone. Um, yeah, I think that's the man of the match angle for me. Um, Henry, do you have anything you want to add? No, the only other thing I was going to say is I think, um, um, I, and it just came to me now, um, I think most majority of the players that started for Manchester United today also played in the midweek, right? And Arsenal had fresher players. We all kind of forgot that. The players that played midweek for Arsenal were sort of like the guys, you know, trying to break into the team. Pepe started, Wheelock, Nelson, Cedric. Um, so Arsenal also had that going for him because typically one thing I've always accused Arsenal of lately is Arsenal have this weird habit of only playing one half for football. They wouldn't show up for the first half and second half they think they're magicians. They just want to perform magic. So, you know, I, I think maybe one way Arteta is sort of addressing that is maybe reshuffling these players properly and resting them. Because you could tell Arsenal were, like, up for it today. Like, yeah. from the word go, you could tell they, was, like, they were just up for it. I wasn't scared when they were passing out from the back. For the first time in maybe 12, in, like, the past 12 games, I was like, ah, I, I don't like this, but they were confident doing it. So... You know, is is an a testament is a testament to what's been going on on the training ground, and also you know why I guess sometimes just shuffling these players around helps the team as a whole. Yeah, I have to agree. In conclusion, that that was a big win for Teta. This was the weekend where two managers that were I had a lot of doubters. They have some good credentials. They're trying to we can see what they're trying to do, but they still have doubters because you know the results are not always going the way, but. Ateta stepped up and won today, and he has a lot to build on going forward. I would tell the Ghana social has to go back to the drawing board because his team, Arsenal were the ones that were just coming, but that's the thing about perspective. Arsenal are the ones coming into a low, coming here from a low, and now they're living on a high. United have fallen into that the habit of getting on a high, and then the low follows, and then maybe another high is coming up. But um, I would say Arsenal were lucky in the sense of not considering a late goal, 
but they made their law. They deserved it because they could have scored more um, reliant with the um, bar through. So when you balance all of that out, Aston made their law. Aston deserved it. Very sad to say this, but uh, for the first time in 14 years, Aston leave Old Trafford with a win, deserved win. The other time, I would have said they were lucky. This was deserved. So we're going to move on to a question that should be fun. And this is, what is your award of the week? We're looking for your donkey of the week or your hero of the week. So we're looking for what you, just anyone. You could give us one of each or you could give us both. Whichever one you feel is. So it's your donkey or kudos for the week. We're starting from Sunday and I'm going to go first. Mine is very, very funny because I was laughing watching it. I was watching football this morning and uh, Newcastle won a penalty. Callum Wilson won that penalty and he stood up to take it. And Yerry Mina, you know, wanted to be silly, went and bent over and was whispering some things, you know, some choice words that I can't get, I can guess what they were, but I cannot repeat them on this show. And he probably told the guy a lot of things and round my guy up. My guy does what I think was really ballsy because most people would have just ignored him. But Wilson picks up the ball, walks up to this guy, and you know, like rips him with the ball. In his, and of course, uh, Mina tried to make the most of it, and the ref gets involved and gives the two of them a yellow card. Deservedly, but they both deserve to be booked. But the funny thing that followed was the penalty went in, and of course, shush, Wilson shush, Mina. But that was not the end of it. Five minutes to go, but ten minutes to go. I can't remember the time of the goal, but it was that goal was late. I'm right. Um, Fraser teed up Mina one on one and bust past him like he wasn't there. Uh, and you know, clipped the ball over to what's his name, Wilson, and Wilson tapped it in. And it was like, oh, dude, you know, like you spent. You can imagine. If these guys are on some special or uh, social media connections, I'm sure the, the fun ones will come out and read them. You know, like we know I'm saying people like uh, Bruno Fernandez that put a leg in on social media, or Bellary, they will get on and, you know, read Mina tomorrow if that was one of them. But I'm sure Wilson is loving this weekend. He's loving thinking of Mina today. And so Mina is my donkey of the day or the donkey of the week. So, uh, Justice, I'll go with you. Who's your donkey of the week? That, that's 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 a good choice. Um, mine is uh, the, the the ref or VAR um, that was in charge of the Tottenham Brighton game. Um, two terrible calls for for the first two goals. I mean, first of all, the Kane penalty. Um, Kane was, I believe, outside the box, and he backs into the Brighton player uh, Lalana that. That then follows him as they're going for a header. Ref doesn't really call it, and VAR calls a, a penalty, and the ref doesn't even, you know, decide to take a look. Then I guess they realize they screwed up, and you know, the Brighton goal was a clear foul of Hoijberg, and they allowed the play to continue. Um, so uh, it, was, it was it was it was terrible to see. Um, it, it's sad because with technology, I mean, it's supposed to be making the games uh, better, and or at least easier for the refs you did they have tools at your disposal and they're just not uh not not using it so for me yeah that's the that's my my donkey of the week all right nice and uh do you have yeah yes yeah, so i'm just gonna do a, a kudos but it's a little bit of 
an unorthodox kudos, but it's like a jive kudos, like a jab kudos. Uh, my kudos of the week goes out to all my Everton fans and Carlo Ancelotti people who, after a couple of games, they thought they were riding high and they were sailing all up to the sunset. Until the two injuries Why so petty? <laughs> <laughs> until the two injuries hit, I'm running back to limelight, running back to reality. Um, but in all honesty, yeah, I, I you know, you, you, you know, for Everton, you could see what the team were poised to do something great until, you know, Hamas just um, went off with that injury. And now you could tell they're sort of like, just play like, you know, players with their, like a chicken with their head, head cut off. Um, but I hope they kind of turn it around because I think they're playing, is it, who are they playing next? Is it an Arsenal or Man U? Or Yeah, they play Man U next. So it, it will be pretty interesting to see, you know, what they come up with. Because I, I, you know, they were really, really flying out high. But that, that's just my little giant. You know your kudos is kind of, your kudos is kind of a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it, it shows you. I mean, um, I'll put Villa in the same category, right? Oh my god! They got out flying, and now they've had two terrible. I mean, today's loss, they were they, they were down four zero and scored scored three late goals. Uh, they got beat up, I believe, three zero the last previous game. So. Mm-hmm. There is, there is just seems to be a lot, a lot of balance in the league this year, which is you know great from a fans' perspective. I don't think any particular team is going to run away with it. Liverpool will have a chance when Thiago comes back. And, well, they don't have Van Dijk, so I think their defense will not give them that safety blanket that they've always had. So they will concede goals, and um, so yeah, it, it's, it just shows you the, the, the depth of the league this year. Um, my, my kudos um, would have been. Rashford, if he scored today, you know, following his uh, midweek hat trick and all of the off the field uh, initiatives he's doing around uh, child child hunger, um, the 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 the, the, 50, the twenty minutes cameo hat trick in, in Champions League was, wow. was, was really was, was great to see. I, I really expected him to come in today and you know you know destroy Arsenal's line, but it, it didn't happen. So given he. He would have completed it for me, so I wouldn't give it to him. I will give it to Mendy, um, Chelsea's goalie. Um, what, four of the five games he's played in, they've kept clean sheets? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's night and day compared to uh, Kepa when Kepa was in goal. So we'll see if it's if it's temporary uh, or, or permanent uh, form for him. But at least on a week-to-week basis, he looks like the, the, missing, the missing piece for them. Uh, and that's why they, they, you know, they can Lampard can gamble and and play five attacking players against against Burnley because, you know, he ha- he has a decent goalie at the back. All right. So before we round up, Harry, do you have anything to add? No. Um. Once again, you know, thank thank you guys for always you know reaching out. It's always great doing this. Um. And I just hope going forward, Arsenal can um you know, continue to build up in the right way. It looks like Arteta, you know, I you know, I hope it's not, you know, our traditional two steps forward, one step back. Um uh, I just hope we can start piecing um good results together. As I said at the beginning, um at the end of last year when we did a review, that was the first time I came on the show, I did mention that Arsenal need Arsenal needed to learn how to win ugly games. Meaning they don't really play great or they don't really even if they play great, they don't have a lot of chances, but they shall find out somehow, some way to get the three points. So it's games like this I was referring to, where, you know, 
you just meet this opposition where, you know, it's not like you don't have the firepower, but nothing is fire. But you find a way to get three points or at least one point at the very least. So I, I see that I see that as a way of Arsenal turning around the corner. Because as I said, winning at Old Trafford, forget, you know, regardless of where anybody is, it's still a big deal. Uh, even yeah. for a team like Arsenal, it's still a big deal. And other than that, you know, thank you guys for always having me. And I'm just encouraging everybody who can go out and vote this week. Please make sure you go out and vote, regardless who you're voting for. Thank you. Unfortunately, uh, 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 I think by the time the podcast will be out, by the time we finish editing and releasing it, we'll be talking about the results. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would say we thank you. It's we we need to say thank you. It's, um, it's always, we like to do this. This is something we do regularly, but you guys are making it for us. We are the boss. And you, I would have to commend all our guests, Justice, Henry, the guys that have come on this show, you've been quality. You know, I, I, I love doing this because I learned a lot from you guys. The things I didn't see in the game that you guys point out, the things, you know, we talk about football in general and then other things in life in general. It's always fun and this is always good. I would like to round up by saying that uh, this might be one of the most fun periodic seasons of all time. We might you know, we're looking at a situation where United, for example, if they don't pick up soon, they might be having a, a Mourinho-Chelsea kind of season where they're a good team, but they might end up being in the lower half of the table, not because, you know, they don't, they don't pick up form, but they might pick up form too late. And there are so many teams in the league that would take points off each other. So I think um, we might not even have a clue who will be in the top four until after December because... Um, there's no team in top form. There's no team you can really say is really good. Um, even Liverpool have holes. Chelsea have holes. Aston have holes. Spurs have holes. Yeah, Spurs are in form, but uh, we're looking at them and then, yeah, right. Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? So you're, someone's going to get you soon. Um, that's what I think. But So let's look forward to a very interesting season. I believe by the time United meet Arsenal again, I will be glad to host it because I think we might win that one. I will yeah. Maybe get you boys back again and we can do it again. But, we'll see about uh, that. Yeah, so it's a pleasure to have you guys. Justice, Harry, um, before we log off, I'd like to put a plug in for the show again. Follow us on Twitter at Footy80Fantasy, but on YouTube, Facebook, and every, anywhere else you find your podcast, you find us as Footy Fantasy. That's F. O-O-T-I-E fantasy. So um, wait, give it a few minutes, uh, uh, sorry, a few moments, our segment on FPL, who's hot, who's not, which of course we all know it's Kane. If you're not buying Kane or Son at this moment in your FPL team, you're not paying it right. So Allah will bring that on for, for me and the rest of my guests, Justice and Henry, we're out. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for having us. Welcome to another segment of Who's Art and Who's Not on your Footy Fantasy Podcast. And we're going to be discussing the Fantasy Premier League. And once again, we're going to be giving you the tips for who to kick out and who to bring in. So let's start uh, with Who's Art. Who's that? Hakim Ziyech of Chelsea. 
for eight million pounds you can bring in one of the most creative players in the Chelsea team who is settling in after a long period out being injured he's gotten two goals to assist in his past couple of games and he's looking to be a very cheap option to get in if you're looking for a Chelsea player he seems to be someone who's going to get lots of goals lots of assists and with Chelsea's fixtures looking good in the next few weeks this might be somebody to bring in Hakim Ziyech is hot 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 and who's not hot well we have to look at the champions who have considered 15 goals in the first seven games Trent Alexander Hanold is not hot he has had only one assist and one clean sheet and it costs 7.4 million now he originally started off at 7.5 million but with lots of people selling him his price has gone down to 7.4 and because he is no longer hot and with the chances of Liverpool keeping clean sheets decreasing and diminishing with Van Dijk's injury this might be best time to kick him out because Trent Alexander Arnold is no longer hot and we're going to also talk about players to bring in Looking at the set of fixtures, so we are, we can, like we said, Chelsea have a good set of fixtures coming up. Man United also have a good set of fixtures coming up. So you might start thinking of maybe bringing in Martial, who's coming back from suspension. He had a three-game suspension, and it might be an easy way to get a cheaper option from a Man United point of perspective. And you can also look at Arsenal's defence. Actually, they have the best defence so far this season you might be looking at some good options from the arsenal defense to bring into your squad so just have a look around and keep an eye out on the injury news with danny ings getting injured Pulisic also getting injured recently and it's time to probably look for options to replace those so keep an eye out for all of that and till next time the next episode stay calm stay safe and Keep watching.